Here's all the names that I came up with for the blanket sound room I have. The Cape Cave, the Cozy Cape Cave, the Bat Blanket Fort, the Fortress of Blanketude, the Cozy Cove, the Unbuckled Cell, the Unbuckled Blanket Fort? Ah, we're out of time for this bit. Yo, how's it going Unbuckled Brigade, and welcome to Unbuckled Comics, where I read and review comics just for you. I'm your host, Unbuckled Cape, and today, we're taking a look at Batman Birth of the Demon. Before we get started, I'd like to let you know, there's a Facebook and Instagram page of the same title, Unbuckled Comics, where you can keep up with upcoming episodes, add comments to episodes, DM me, um... I said add comments to the episodes. Uh, how about spice up your feed? I, I've been trying to make a, some more reels. Um, I came upon or had someone rather give me a stack of Silver Age comics that they wanted me to take a look at just to see um, if I thought there was any value in them. I'm, I'm going to be sharing a lot of those on the social media platforms as well. So, you know, come over and check me out there. I'm... I'm as much as I don't want to invest in social media, um, just because I, it's just another thing on the plate, but um, I am slowly becoming better at it, and I actually have fun making my little promotional reels for upcoming episodes, so, um, you know, go over there and check it out, and hey, look, I got a Discord. In that Discord, we um, just talk a lot of comics, uh, you know, we got people just to hype you up, uh, cheer over your successes, and, you know, let you vent over your failures or hardships. It's it's a great little community that we're starting to develop there, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. All you got to do is just let me know, and I will get you in it. Um, so, on the topic of that, I have been um, approached this week it's not the first time that i've been approached about this and i have been asked about uh patreon and starting a patreon and i just want to throw this out here i had it in my head that i would not start a patreon before the beginning of the year 2024 so this coming january um since this last discussion i had about patreon and uh, talking about it with Mrs. Unbuckled, it's something that I might consider doing in September because I don't think I've made this announcement on the show yet. But in September, I am planning, planning, we're going to see how the summer goes yet, uh, but planning to make this a weekly podcast. The way I plan on doing that is actually just chopping up some of the episodes so like Batman Birth of the Demon, the one we're going to talk about today, it would actually be a two-part episode. I'm reading the same amount of comics, but I will be able to give you a much better in-depth dive into the comics. And then if, um, uh, so the next episode, no, not the next episode you guys are getting. Um, hmm. 
So, like, an upcoming episode that I have is uh, the Saturday morning, uh, Saturday morning cartoons, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That is one that I can't stretch into um, two episodes. So that's just going to stay as one, and then I'll do another shorty after it, or you know, I'll I'll, I'll make it work. We're gonna we're gonna be getting tentatively starting in September. We're gonna have every Tuesday you're going to get. Um, unbuckled comics and then on the same day that i am releasing now so it's the first thursday after the first tuesday you'll be getting the new release episode and then um we will still be doing bonus episodes here and there now the whole thing about bringing up the patreon is is my biggest issue with starting something like that is I don't feel like I have extra content, but after doing some research and looking into some things, um, you know, nothing's decided yet, but I, just, just so you guys know, it, it's, it's in my brain. I am thinking about it. I am looking at how we get to do extra content and make that exclusive that way, if, you know, when, if, and when someone decides to uh, throw a couple of bucks my way for my work that I'm putting into this show. Um, I'm looking for something to give to you. That way it's not just you throwing your money at me and being able to listen to everything for free. I don't want to do that. And by the way, anyone that has ever said like, oh, I'd, I'd be willing to pay for a Patreon for, for old Unbuckled Cape there, you have no idea what that actually means to me. Um, I'm just a Joe Schmo that decided one day he was going to make a uh, a comic book podcast. I, I kind of did it on a whim. We talked about that before, but um, I mean, this is incredible. I, I didn't really plan on talking about this, but while it's on my brain, I might as well pull it up. Uh, Again, off the top of my head, well, I'll be able to tell you here in a second. This is going to be episode 16, and at episode 16, we are at 421 downloads, which to me is absolutely insane. I can't thank everyone enough for tuning in and, you know, the support and just being a part of something that um, that I started, that I, you know, kind of created here, and it's it's been... It's been a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, on our Discord, we've been playing a game that I call um, Capes Detectives, or is that what I call it? I think that's what I call it, isn't it? I'm, I'm looking at it here on my phone. Yeah, Capes Detectives, where I um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I will post pictures, cryptic pictures that relate to a comic book character, each post being less cryptic. Friday, it's typically just their logo. Um, and then Saturday, I reveal the mystery character with like a first appearance issue, what year, who who um, who created them, things like that. I uh, have been loving that. I think it's been well received so far in our community. So I am looking forward to continuing that and finding ways to get uh, um, get the participants a little more involved. Um, and look, hey, if you've been thinking about joining the Discord, I, I can tell you uh, if and when I end up doing a Patreon or a paid subscription, truth be told, I might be looking at something other than Patreon because their app drives me nuts. 
but um, Discord is probably going to be uh, a Patreon exclusive. Um, those of you that are in it, uh, hopefully I can grandfather you all in. I'm sure I can, because uh, that would just be wrong. But, so. Um, so speaking of bonus stuff, this month we have a Unbuckled and Unscripted. Uh, it's one of our rare bonus episodes as we have a fifth Tuesday in this month, and we are going to be talking about the comic book video games that you want to see. So, in theory, this is going to be a very listener comment heavy episode, but for it to be that way, I need your comments. So I am going to be posting a couple of times in the next coming days on all the social medias, looking for your comments for it. Uh, those of you that are in the Discord, please, 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 please give me a comic. Comic. Yeah, give me a comic video game that you want to see and, you know, be descriptive about it. Tell me what type of video game, uh, you know, what certain mechanics do you want in it to make it feel like the comic or the character or however i have as of right now i think i have five or six of my own written down i did this way back in february um right after i read the last ronin because you know uh teenage mutant ninja turtles video game was in my mind and then we got the announcement that we are actually getting a last ronin video game so um oddly enough it actually didn't mess anything up in in my notes and my wants but um yeah, I, I'm just I'm looking for a lot of a lot of comments, a lot of uh, engagement in that, and hopefully I can make it into a really fun episode for you guys. But um, ten minutes into this intro, I don't want to hold you too much longer. I got two comments for you about Batman: Birth of the Demon. Our first one comes from Ted Plays. He's a YouTuber, a, a, a YouTuber that um, has playthroughs of video games. Uh, Ted Play says, "I've heard about it." but never read it. It's supposed to be good, but with work and everything, I really never get time to actually sit down and read it. And then our final comment comes from Fallen Snow Kiku. I don't think I've heard of this story, but judging by the title, I'm assuming it's mostly about Ra's al Ghul. The cover art looks sweet. Um, so, Again, I recorded the actual episode a while ago. I do think I talk about the art, and the the cover art is actually pretty different from the uh, art on the inside. But the the cover art reminds you of an Alex Ross type drawing. It's it's a little more realistic, a little more uh, 3D structured. Uh, a lot of shapes involved in it. Um, works really well for a cover. I'm glad that the art inside the book wasn't that way. As far as one of our commenters hearing of the book and then the other one not hearing, I actually never heard of it until I, um, way back when, before I got into other characters, I was kind of a Batman completionist, and I was looking at, you know, comics that I didn't have that were a little harder to get to, a little more expensive, uh, for whatever reason, you know, maybe I had a side job that I earned a couple of extra bucks, um, this one popped up and... I didn't actually have a Razo Ghoul centric Batman comic, and I wanted one, so I got this one. And I'm going to tell you all about it right now. Batman Birth of the Demon is a comic book I picked up years ago. 
Uh, I grabbed it because I was trying to do like the whole Batman completionist thing and I saw it and it was like the first time I've ever seen it available somewhere so I nabbed it right away. I read it one time, put it on the shelf and this is actually going to be the first time that I've picked it up since then. Uh, that's not a reflection on the book. It was just like at the start of when I really got into collecting um, comics and, and Batman comics in general. So uh, this is actually was a fun read for me because I remembered the gist of it, but not all of it. Uh, in case you're wondering, there's, there's a uh, website called Comic Book Herald. They kind of have everything. The last time I was on it, they had everything through uh, the DC Rebirth. For a reading order for like Batman, Superman, whatever it is you wanted. They did Marvel, IDW, all that kind of stuff. So um, uh, go check that out if you are like I kind of was and you want to do a completionist or, or read stories in order of... Uh, not, not release, but like in order of... So like character... Like running through a character's life. So like year one's book one and then, you know... On my shelf, it's the man who laughs and so on and so forth. For the most part, it's pretty it's it's pretty accurate. I had some discrepancies with it, but not many. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, we're not we're not talking about that website. We're gonna be talking about Batman: Birth of the Demon. And so, what this is is it's a, a compilation of Raza Gul and Talia Gul stories. Um, and there is one major, major noteworthy part. There, there's three stories in here. There's one major, major noteworthy part that is incredibly important to the Batman mythos moving forward. And we're going to get to that. But first, as always, we got to give credit where credit is due to our creators. Mike W. Barr, he was the writer. He did work on The Outsiders, World's Finest, um... And he, he did work on World's Finest uh, from 1941 to 1986. Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, take a pause here just so you know. This is an older graphic novel. Uh, and when you read it, the art style really reflects that. But again, we'll get there. Sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place tonight. This is not my normal recording night, so I'm, I'm kind of a little out of sorts. I'm not, not in my groove yet. Dennis O'Neill, he is also a writer. Uh, no Man's Land, a book that I plan on getting to eventually, but that whole story arc is just absolutely massive. Great story arc. I love that. That um, one, two, three, five. I love those five books that, that are up on the shelf. So, so good. But like I said, it, it's a massive undertaking. Uh, he also worked on Daredevil from 64 to 98, and then Green Arrow slash Green Lantern, or Green Lantern slash Green Arrow. Jerry Bingham, he's an artist. Uh, he's worked on Suicide Squad, The Saga of Ra's al Ghul, Midnight Suns Unlimited, and Marvel's What If. Then we have Tom Grindberg, 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 Silver Surfer, Spider-Man, 2099, Green Lantern, Batman, and The Adventures of Superman. Norm Brayfogle, Brayfogle, uh, artist, Shadow the Bat. We've actually had him, him uh, talked about him on here. That was episode four. And then Anarchy, Archie Comics, 
and Nightfall. Again, another comic that I would love, 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 love to do on here, but it is absolutely massive. It's Nightfall, Night Quest, and Night Rise. I would have to do each three of those very separately and probably dedicate a whole month to get through them. So um, maybe down the road. But anyway, uh, Batman Birth of the Demon. We are going to kind of burn through the plot. Not because the plot's bad or anything like that. It's just... This book is more about the characters' relations, you know, the Batman, Talia, and Ra's al Ghul relationship kind of triangle. Um, this book is more adult than some of the other ones we have talked about. Like, obviously, it's more adult than Batman the Animated, or Batman the Adventure Continues. Uh, and it is more adult due to some graphic uh, drawings, like, um, violent stuff, and then the uh, the mature uh, relationship between Batman and Talia, and there there's also some more mature situations in it. Uh, we'll we'll get there. Basically, all of that is in book one. The the latter two aren't that aren't that bad. Uh, so book one starts with Batman takes down a gang in a chemical plant, and he is wounded. He he falls into the a vat of chemicals, and like ends up getting dumped out in i think gotham bay or something like that and he has an open wound that gets kind of infected and talia comes to his aid she she gets him into the bat cave and the fact that she just kind of takes him in there to the bat cave shows that this is not the first time they met they have a uh, a relationship already not like in the sense of a couple relationship but they know each other well she obviously knows who batman is and Batman knows who she is, and even Alfred is unsurprised by her being there and, and is quite friendly with her. So, uh, something to keep in mind: this is not a not an origin for their relationship or them meeting. Batman and Razorgul are well-established enemies, and then you know Talia is what Talia is to Batman. So a a came a chemist. A chemist is, is murdered, and Batman suspects that Ra's al Ghul is the culprit, even though he is thought to be dead. I mean, come on, we all know how that works. He's He uses Lazarus pits. It's kind of hard to kill the guy. Uh, Batman and Talia barge into Ra's al Ghul's lair. Uh, Batman assaults a guard, and... and I, I point that out because it's actually pretty funny when, when they kind of barge in a guard tries to take on Batman and he, he just kind of swats him aside and he makes a comment that like the guards never learn. They always think that they can take him down. Um, it, it's a good sense. It's a good bit of humor in the book that you don't expect because of the serious tone leading up to this part and the artwork. Um, so anyway, there's obviously an argument between Batman and Roz that sparks a backstory in which um, kind of lets us know the whole plot that's going on, the, like the whole subplot. Ra's al Ghul has a godson that he ends up uh, caring for with one of his you know, wives from the past. Remember Ra's al Ghul, multiple wives because he's lived centuries. Uh, and his godson's parents get killed. I think it's a World War II deal where they were... Like, Ra's al Ghul had his own 
like mini army that he was kind of working not necessarily with the allies but you know they were they were trying to sabotage the axis powers and he sends this kid's parents in a plane somewhere and they end up getting shot down and killed and, and the kid blames Roz for it so the whole kind of subplot of this is this guy is out for revenge against Roz and he is a very very bad man so Batman is also trying to hunt him down and they agree on an unlikely alliance and as soon as they agree on that alliance believe it or not Batman and Talia are married on the spot I know it's really weird this book does have some kind of weird stuff that it just seems like skipped over you know what I mean um but that's just how it is it works for the most part I did think the marrying right on the spot was weird but you also got to keep in mind that um they hint at it before that that Batman and Talia were technically already married because in Raz's country all that Need, all there needs to be for a marriage is consent from man and woman and then that's it there's no ceremony no paper signing and i guess in a previous comic meeting whatever uh batman and talia agreed to be wedded before and then uh, apparently that didn't go well uh this puts batman second in command of the league of shadows and a husband he spends most of his time teaching the league non-lethal fighting rather than the typical League of Shadows killing and doing the things that Roz has them doing. And this is actually kind of a, a neat perspective because you get to see Batman. And it's weird because he's not in Gotham anymore. Like, it's he goes here and he just completely forgets about Gotham City altogether. So... we'll 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 get we'll get to we'll get to the individual characters at the end because that's what i want to spend the most time talking about but it's definitely weird but it's enjoyable to see batman training the league of shadows to fight his way and being in second command and i guess seeing him be a i wouldn't say seeing him be a husband is fun but it, it because it's more weird to see batman be that way but the guy is genuine, general. Oh my word! Genuinely happy, which is something that we really don't see much in the comics. So that's nice. Um, so, uh, Quayen is how I'm gonna say his name. He is the godson of Ra's Al Ghul. Uh, he is dying, and he plans to destroy the world or find a cure. What do you think the cure is in his mind? The Lazarus Pit, right? Batman and Ra's Al Ghul are playing chess at one point like they're discussing their battle plans and stuff and and they're sitting outside on a balcony and they're playing chess right and they're discussing that their alliance how well it's working and they're discussing like hey when this is all over hopefully we can still be partners and batman's kind of you know raza goals like i really like this alliance i want this to last forever and batman's like yeah it'd be good if it does but if it doesn't i'm still coming for you and the chest ends in a stalemate. And this makes Ra's al Ghul happy. He's, hey, this is fitting. You know, we're two equally matched wits and he's pretty pleased with it. And Batman kind of storms off in a grumpy mood because, and, and this is his words, I play to win. So we get to see that uh, Batman is still in fact Batman and he's not 
completely soft and mushy and, you know, lenient on, on these criminals. And we get to see Batman's drive as well from that. Uh, so they, they, of course, they try to, they try and assault on, um, Quayen. It doesn't necessarily go well, but it doesn't go bad. Um, again, this is mainly subplot because as soon as they get back from the assault, uh, they're kind of celebrating, even though they lost some of their guys and Batman's pretty upset at that. Uh, Ra's al Ghul is pretty happy and excited and whatever. And Talia comes over to Batman, says she needs to talk and Batman says, hold on, we, we need to wait a little bit. I have stuff to discuss, and she's like, no, can't wait, and she tells him that they are pregnant. So, if you have not paid attention to Batman any time in the last, oh, man, probably early 2000s, uh, Batman does have a son. His name is Damian Wayne. The mother of Damian Wayne is Talia al Ghul. This is the big part of this book. As far as I know, this is the first time that it is hinted at that Batman has a son. Now, don't don't get too far ahead of yourself. We're going to clear some of this up later because I'm being vague about it. I understand that. Um, but before we get to that, uh, of course, there is a retaliation from Quayen and Talia like jumps right into the fray and she's pregnant what do you think batman does he he's like trying to protect her and get her out of there and uh he you know after they they fend off the attack he goes right to raz al ghul and basically says i'm out i'm done i'm not doing this anymore i'm, I'm going home i want to take talia with me i want to care for this child i have a family to think about and raz al ghul is upset but he he's kind of like all right yeah i get it um and as they're arguing, Talia comes in and she kind of gets in the middle of it and then she falls ill. And um, now, remember, I said that this is kind of an adult book and has an adult situation. This is about the, the worst adult situation that's in it. So just know that I didn't write this. I do not think they handled this quite right. But... Um, if this is a trigger for some of you, I know that this is a very real world situation and, and just know I'm, I'm reading a comic and reviewing it. So, uh, it, and it's an old comic people are, it's, it's not that they just glossed over this because I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Basically what happens is, is Talia loses a child and, um, Batman goes out for revenge and that's it. Like, there is no discussion, there's really no mourning, which kind of makes sense from Batman's point of view, because Batman is a vengeance-type person. Uh, his mourning is beating the pulp out of people. Um, and then we don't really get to see Talia's side of it, uh, which is kind of where I think... We were kind of talking about this uh, in the Discord before. There was a Superman uh, comic panel shared where superman talks a uh, suicidal jumper off of a building but it takes him like 24 hours to do it and most of the time he's just floating in the air waiting for the jumper to make the decision and it actually was 
Now, this is a modern, more modern comic, I should say. It was handled, in my mind, pretty well. Uh, this comic did not handle this re very real, serious world situation very well. But again, it's very dated. So you got to understand when you read these older comics that you're going to find stuff like that. Uh, so I did, I, I did when I read it, I was kind of like, oh, so that's all we're going to say about that, you know. But again, it was just just wasn't the focus of the book. So, you know, of course now Batman is out for vengeance. He rejoins Ra's al Ghul and he and the League uh, storm Quayan's hideout. And this is where it gets weird for me. Batman is completely unfazed by the League of Assassins killing the other guys. And you could argue that maybe that it's his grief for his lost child, but... If you look at Batman being Batman, he never, never in his career, in, in any good Batman books, I should say, finds killing okay. And at one point, he even tosses Ra's al Ghul a gun and says, you better make good use of this, or something to that effect. And that is not Batman. This is the section where I have the most problem with this book. I despise that part of it, because that's not Batman. Batman hates guns. Even at the worst... like. The Joker kills Jason Todd. We we went over that book before. That was our first um, first full episode review that we did, and he still doesn't kill Joker. And here, this guy, I now this is his kid we're talking about. So you know, loses a child, but even still, Batman should never be giving a gun to someone, telling them to make good use of it. And you know, there's a big battle and big fights and blah blah blah. After it's over. Um, Talia asks, Batman goes to check up on Talia, and it seems like we might get a little bit of, um, a little bit of comfort, what's the word I'm looking for, um, a little bit of closure with the, the loss of the, the child, and Talia just basically asks Batman to leave, like, get out, go home, I don't want you here anymore, um, that's pretty much the gist of book one. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm thinking because I didn't put this in my notes because it is kind of a spoiler for the end of book one. But I think I'm going to tell you anyway because I don't expect many of you to be able to find this, let alone get a hold of it. Um, so I'm just going to tell you what happens. Uh, Talia lied. She does actually have the child. She gives birth and it ends up going up for adoption. And it's never clear, it, to me anyway, I... Maybe in another comic it is, but it's never clear if the child is Damian Wayne or if this is just kind of one-off that isn't necessarily canon to the rest of the Batman mythos. Um, so that all remains to be seen for me, but I'm going to say that it is Damian Wayne and they give the baby up for adoption just for a little bit, but I don't know why. Um, so in looking at, you know, kind of an overall view of part one, the relationship between Batman, Talia, and Ra's al Ghul is way more interesting than anything else going on in the book. And that remains true for part two. In part two, Ra's has a new echo terrorist plan and sends some assassin after Batman. And Talia doesn't seem to mind. She's actually kind of like joining her father, which would make you think that it's um, residual effect from the failed marriage and 
baby that she had to give up for adoption, I guess, um, from Batman. Uh, in this book, though, we do get to see Tim Drake, and this is shortly after Tim Drake joins Batman because he is not yet allowed to be Robin. Uh, Batman bests the assassin, and... Um, sorry, lost my place in my notes. And... Um, he, he takes, so like the assassin has a plane that's like autopiloted to wherever Roz's base is. Batman hijacks a plane to where Roz is. Roz falls in love with this actress. She's, you know, older. He takes her and puts her in the pit to make her younger. Uh, Batman is discovers, is discovered. He's like sneaking around trying to figure out what's going on. He's discovered and flees. Uh... They are after a uh, professor, a doctor at a, I assume it's Gotham University, because he is a expert in this technology that they need to carry out his eco-terrorist plan. And I'm struggling talking about it because, again, what's actually going on feels much more of a subplot than the real... The real hook in this book is is the, the triangle relationship between the three of them, which again, we'll get to the end. I just kind of want to blow through the plot here. Um, Talia assaults where this doctor is being kept. Batman is able to rescue him and Talia uh, because there's uh, the government, military, and Ra's al Ghul's League of Shadow are all battling. Batman saves both of them. And then Batman attacks the Bat... Or Batman... Ra's al Ghul attacks the Batcave, trying to get the Doctor and rescue Talia from Batman. In the midst of this, Batman admits that she still has feelings for Batman, and he implores her to return to Ra's al Ghul because he, they're both afraid that if she betrays him again, that he will take her life. Uh, we actually get to see Tim Drake in a little bit of action, but like I said, he's not yet uh, Robin. He's not commissioned for duty, as Batman says. And then, of course, because he's not yet Robin and trained properly, Tim gets captured, forcing Batman to surrender. In the end, the Doctor has his own son who is injured in the uh, in the League of Shadows attempt to take him from whatever facility he was in. Ra's al Ghul promises that he can bring his son back to life. So the Doctor willingly joins Roz, and Batman is sentenced to death. There is a very, very strange moment between um, Talia and her stepmom. It seems really out of place, but I don't really want to tell you what it is. It's, it's, it's something more or less for you to read if you ever read this book. And of course, you know, Talia attempts to save Batman. She's stopped by her stepmom. We get into the climactic battle. Talia turns sides again and helps Batman grind the uh, the second in command for the League of Shadows. His arrogance against Batman allows him an opportunity to destroy the base. Grind is beaten by the Doctor, which is not fun. Like. You want to see Grind and Batman have this this battle because over part one and part two, there's a real animosity between the two. 
And I don't remember if Grind is his name in Batman the Animated Series, but in the Animated Series, there's a part one and two episode. I think it's titled The Demon's Head. And Ra's al Ghul's second in command in this book, his name is Grind. I cannot remember what it is in the um, B-Taz. They have, like, they're almost more enemies than what Batman and Ra's is. Like, Ra's al Ghul has a bunch of respect for Batman. Batman has a bunch of respect for Ra's, even though they're enemies. There is no respect between Grind and Batman. They hate each other. And they both, like, the banter between the two of them, you can tell that they want nothing more than to just go at it. And we get that for a split second, and then the Doctor steps in, and he's able to defeat Grind with his brain, which is not really that fun. So, uh, Talia, Batman, Evelyn, which is uh, Ra's al Ghul's current wife, and Dr. Carmody escape... Batman and Talia reconnect, but, you know, they kind of, you know, confess their love for each other, but Batman refuses to discuss the loss of the child, and it seems as if Talia is almost going to tell Batman what really happened, but he, he refuses and says that he's not ready for it, um, and then Evelyn reveals to Talia that she is carrying Ra's al Ghul's baby, and that's the end of part two. Part three, this is actually kind of a prequel to the other two. It's an early story between the three of them. Ra's al Ghul is dying, big shock, and Batman is actually figuring out systematically which Lazarus pits Ra's al Ghul is trying to go to and use, and Batman's beating them there and like blowing them up and stopping the League of Assassins. And then there's one left, and that's where he meets Talia al Ghul, and then we get an origin story from Talia, like an origin in the sense of how Ra's al Ghul stumbled into these Lazarus pits and, and you know, became the demon head. Uh, so Ra's al Ghul was a physician for a sultan. He had these visions of how to make the first Lazarus pit. And, you know, I'll, I'll sp spare you the details because it, it's a long origin story. And overall, it kind of feels unimportant and out of place for the whole book. Like, if I would have bought part this part three, if I would have bought that as a one-shot, it wouldn't have felt out of place. But put together with the other two... It does feel out of place. That's not to say it's not interesting. Actually, this is one of the more interesting plots out of the whole book. And maybe that's because they were more focused on the plot than what they were the relationship between Raz, Talia, and Batman. Um, at the end, there's a scuffle between Batman and Raz al Ghul, and they both fall into the pit, and that's just kind of where it ends. So it... it it really is kind of lackluster, but um, again, I just really, really breezed over these three plots. They're actually relatively long reads, and the reason for that is this is a very, very dialogue-heavy um, trade, which again tells me that the focus wasn't actually what's going on with the 
criminal schemes and things like that. This was meant to be a look at the relationship triangle between Batman, Talia, and Ra's al Ghul. Uh, so let's take a step back and actually talk about that. And the three parts of the, the triangle, Batman, Talia, Ra's al Ghul, is kind of like a chemical reaction, right? So in story one, it's Batman and Talia and their relationship and how when you drop Ra's al Ghul into it, kind of unexpectedly, how their relationship evolves with that third dynamic thrown in there. Story two, it's Talia and Ra's al Ghul and their relationship. And then you drop Batman into it and sees, you know, kind of see what happens there. And then the third one is uh, more of a Batman and Ra's al Ghul. And then Talia kind of steps in to, you know, be the mediator between the two or, you know, however you want to want to put that. Uh, so let me flip back here so we can talk about that a little bit more. My notes for that is in the front. So uh, in book one, when Batman and Talia have a good relationship and you, you add Roz into it, it actually works out pretty well for them. It's not... The, the, the ending's an upsetting ending because of the situation of Talia's pregnancy. But overall, they make a really good alliance that way. Story two... It does not really work out well for anyone because Batman and Talia don't get to spend time together because of the fear they have for what Roz will do to her. Um, and then Talia betrays her father. So they all kind of end up alone in that situation. Not that they don't in the first one, but it's almost as if in the second situation they choose to be that way. And then in the third one, um, again, it doesn't end up well for anyone but Batman. So let's... Uh, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about each character. Uh, we'll start with Talia. Uh, I'm starting with her because she, this this is not my favorite iteration of her. Uh, I like her better in some of the other comics that I have. Son of Batman is one of them. Uh, I think she's even in a Justice League comic that I have, but I can't quite remember. She is far less savage in this one and more dependent on others she's more dependent on her father and Batman to, to help her than what she is in other ones. In other comics, she's, you know, just as formidable, if not more than Ra's al Ghul himself. She continually betrays, betrays her dad for Batman, which is really nothing new. Um, and, and really overall, her character feels kind of one dimensional compared to Batman and Ra's al Ghul. She almost is kind of like a Bond girl in these books where she's willing to throw away her villainous schemes and, you know, all the riches and begotten wealth that she could have for a suave guy with a set of abs. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... And and reading this, you're supposed to realize that there is a prior relationship, but they don't give us a ton of backstory to really... Like, I don't know what comics came before this that would give me the, hey, they have a pretty well-established relationship. They were even technically married before. Like, I don't have that. So to me, she just feels one-dimensional like a Bond girl. I actually really like that reference. Uh, next, there's Ra's al Ghul, of course. Uh, to me, this is the perfect Ra's al Ghul. Um, I love how he always refers to Batman as detective. That really shows that he respects Batman's intelligence more than anything else. Um, and again, 
in book one, we see that he much, much, much rather be allies. So does that tell us that he knows that he can't beat Batman or is it just that he respects Batman that much that he wants to be allies with him because he knows with Batman they're unstoppable? He loves his daughter unconditionally and that affects his judgment time and time again. And the reason that I pull this out to, to mention is it actually makes him very human. A lot of the Batman villains we have, Joker, Two-Face, Bane, Scarecrow, they're not human. They're more monsters than human. Ra's al Ghul, other than the living forever thing, is actually you know pretty relatable in a sense when you're talking about his relationship with his daughter and then, again, the respect he has for Batman. He's He's a very human Batman villain, which is kind of weird. Man-Bat, there's another one. He is definitely more monster than, than human. And then finally, the, the third part of the triangle is Batman. I like this Batman's brutality. I like the way he's drawn. It's the blue cape and cow. It's my favorite, except for the third book has really weird art style. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I even like how his relationships are handled between... Talia and Roz uh, but like I said before I hate I hate I hate I hate his soft stance on guns and killing in book one it that in itself almost ruins this entire thing for me all three stories even though it only happens in like one small panel where it doesn't matter I hate that that's the one thing you can't have Batman do and they did it um, and then I also hate in the end how he falls into the pit and that heals him because then it's kind of like, well, does Batman live forever? I, I, I didn't care for that either. So to, to kind of wrap this up, because we are over 30 minutes, um, and I want to try to condense this a little bit more, give you guys shorter episodes. I've been pretty long-winded in a couple. Um, so the art in books one and two, very similar. They're that classic kind of style you know, blue cape and cow. Like I said, they're, they're very, all three of these are very dialogue heavy. This is, um, light shades of color. There's not a lot of bright colors in it. It is kind of dull looking, but the reason for that is the fact that they want you to focus on the dialogue. So it works. It's, it's not memorable. It, it's really not memorable. Um, then in book three, it's really weird art. It's kind of like pastel shaded type stuff. And it actually works for the story. It's not the most hated thing I've seen, but I'd really rather not have a comic with that art style. But it is definitely unique. And that story is more backstory. So I guess maybe they chose to do it that way to show a different time period. I'm, you know, I'm not really sure. I, I, I didn't talk to them or ask them or research that, but that's just the way I interpret it. So not great art. Uh, overall, I'm going to say the art in this is kind of forgettable. It's just meh. The first two books are meh, and then the third one's kind of odd. Um, but yeah, so story one. Overall, for story one, it's good. But again, we had an odd Batman. He gets married to Talia on the spot or remarried, and then the soft stance on gun. 
Story 2 is okay. There's nothing thrilling. And we only get back involved in the relationship between B and Talia um, at the very end. And we don't get to expand on it very much. And then Story 3... Ra's al Ghul's kind of origin story is interesting, but it has a horrible ending. So, oh boy. So, you know, I guess that's really all I have to say about it. And I'm, I, I kind of feel bad. I feel like this is, <laughs> I feel like this, this episode is going to end up being as lackluster as kind of what I felt the book is, but that's just the way it's going to go sometimes, especially reading some of these older Batman stories. I just don't have a ton to say about it. Um, so I really, I, I read this, typically I read a book and I record it the week I finish it. I'm actually recording it, uh, like four or five days later than what I normally would, something like that. So I had some time to think about it. I was really torn on what I wanted to, you know, what category I wanted to put it in. And I'm glad I had those couple of days because I'm, I'm solid and firm on what I want. Um, I'm going to tell you to pass on it. And that's not to say that this is a horrible comic that you don't want to read it at all. If you're a Batman completionist, obviously you need to read it because you're trying to complete Batman. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of a difficult task to do, but um, that's why I ended up grabbing it. Um... Outside of that, there's really no reason to read it. This whole Batman and Talia having a child together is hashed out way better and quicker in some of the other stories like maybe Batman and Son. Again, it's been so long since I've read that that I don't really... I know they talk about it, but I'm not sure if that's the one that goes into enough detail where you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? So uh, as much as I hate telling you to pass on comic books, this is this is definitely one that that I'm going to agree with passing on. And again, it's not it's not that it's bad. It's just not something that you need in your library. You can go out and buy a trade for less money or the same amount of money that is going to satisfy you much more. So uh, that's all I got for you on Batman: Birth of the Demon. Uh, until next time, guys, I'm Unbuckled Cape telling you to pass on it.